Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited about a new episode of our podcast. Today you're going to hear from Coach Boomer Repke. He's currently the offensive coordinator at the University of Northwestern St. Paul in St. Paul, Minnesota. An incredible young man. I can't wait for you to hear his testimony, so let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Coach. Pleasure, Coach. I appreciate you having me. You bet. So I'd like to start this out just with some background information so the listeners get an idea of a little bit about who you are. So if you don't mind just telling us a little bit about yourself, maybe uh, where you grew up, your family growing up, and uh, where you are today. Absolutely, Coach. So uh, born in Los Angeles, uh, grew up in, in San Diego. My mom was uh, earning her PhD in clinical psychology at USC, and um, my mom and my dad would uh, actually commute two hours, three days a week for my mom to go to class um, from San Diego to, to Los Angeles. And uh, I pretty much grew up on, on campus at, at USC. My dad would push me around in a stroller on campus when my mom was in class and um, was kind of, you know, cardinal and gold growing up uh, at USC and, and uh, did that and, and moved up to, uh, to Bishop, California, small town outside Mammoth, Yosemite National Park and lived there at middle school and then moved up to Reno, uh, Nevada. Went to high school up there and um, swam and played football uh, in high school there and um, was very fortunate to be student body president there when I was in high school and um, kind of throughout, you know, the process of, uh, of moving it brought me, brought me up here to uh, to, to Minneapolis, Minnesota, coaching here at, at uh, Northwestern St. Paul, and it's been uh, it's been an awesome journey. I'm, I'm so grateful for it. And so, you know, you, fam- family wise, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to ask you about your family. I mean, was it a you know, you mentioned your mom and dad. Was it a family of faith? I, it was, coach, and, and uh, you know, growing up, uh, grew up Lutheran. Uh, my my mom and dad, uh, you know, every Sunday we go to church. My my sister, younger sister Lucy and I, and uh, you know, <clears throat> kind of always part of our uh, our daily um, you know daily ac- activities and making sure that that you know we put God first and, and you know saying grace at dinner and um, you know Sunday school and uh, growing up became an acolyte at our uh, at our church. Um, and, you know, really just from a young age, um, was just surrounded by a, a lot of great faith, um, very positive, encouraging, um, atmosphere, uh, that really just built, put a lot of love, you know, around me and, and which is, you know, really formed a lot of, of that spirituality as well. So, uh, um, and of course, you know, really grown a lot of my faith too, um, throughout, you know, my life and the all the trials that we go through and, um, you know, I'll share a little bit about that as we go. And, um, but yeah, it's always been surrounded by great love and faith, which has been, which has been awesome and positive. Yeah. So let me ask you this about your faith. So, you know, a lot of times when we grow up in a family like that, it, it's not really, we don't make it our own until, you know, sometimes teenagers, sometimes an adult. So what point did you, you know, realized that, you know what, it was your personal faith in Jesus. It wasn't mom and dad's faith or grandparents. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh, 
you know, I, I remember swimming growing up, um, you know, I'd always say it kind of a prayer before, you know, getting up on the starting blocks and, you know, just <laughs> asking initially when I was little, I didn't really understand the whole prayer perspective. It was like, you know, Lord, I ask that you, you know, please help me win this race, you know? And, and so I, I always saw him as strength, you know, of course, but, um, you know, it was interesting, um, when I was in, in college at, at USC, uh, I, so I swam my freshman sophomore year there, and uh, very fortunate, grateful to be around awesome, awesome people from the swim team uh, and coaches. And you know, growing up, went to USC football games every weekend. I'd, my dad and I especially would go uh, to games every Saturday, and and um, you know, I always had this dream of wanting to go to USC, and. I remember after the sophomore, my sophomore year of swimming at USC, uh, we just finished the our Pac-12 championship meet, and and uh, I trained for a month to uh, to walk on the football team. And they had tryouts in the spring, and Coach Carroll, Pete Carroll, was there at the time, and um, they'd always have their tryouts in the spring. And I, I was a receiver um, in high school, uh, you know, being five eight and 160 pounds. Uh, you know, I, I thought that you know my best chance which is what I focused on really in high hunting. And mm-hmm. so we had tryouts and there was a blessed tryout and uh, they posted the, the final list on the, on the, uh, the doors called heritage hall where the coaches offices were at the time. And there were two names on the, on the list and, and uh, my name wasn't on the list and uh, I was heartbroken. And uh, you know, I, be vulnerable right here. I walked down the steps and I remember I just started crying and, you know, it was something that I'd wanted my whole life to play football at USC. And, and I, I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't, I felt like a failure. And, uh, so I, I called my dad, uh, who was also my swim coach, um, growing up and, and he always had great things he used to say, you know, always positive, uplifting things. And he's like, I'd, I think that you should pray about it. You should pray about what your next step is going to be. He said, you've done such an incredible job and you've invested so much into this, but now it's, it's up to you. It's up to you and your, in your prayers, you know, to, to come to peace to the situation. And so he's like, you know, you can enjoy college for what it is. You, you, you've done such a great job or, you know, pray about it. And maybe there's another, there's, there's another way. And so I, I sat there and I remember praying and I was like, Lord, just, I don't know what to do right now. Give give me strength to to make this decision of what I should do. And at the split second, I was like, I want to be a part of this team. Like I, this is something that I that I truly want. And I felt this feeling in my heart that I have the strength because of God to be able to somehow make this happen. And so I, I walked up to the the meeting rooms upstairs and coach Carroll's office was open. I said, I just, I wanted to appreciate, you know, let you know, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to try out. And I did, I didn't make it, but you know, coach, I just want you to know how much this team means to me, how much, you know, the impact that you've had on me just watching from afar. Um, and, you know, I, I want to do, I want to just be a part of this team. And so he and the special teams coordinator met and they're like, okay, well, let's do a spring tryout here for you. You can be a part of our spring team and we'll see how it goes. 
And so that feeling in my heart of the confidence and the love, you know, that I, I felt through prayer that you can, that you can have that prayer is real, that when you pray about something, it, it sometimes it might not give you an answer right away, but good Lord is always going to put us exactly where he wants us to be. And he's going to give us all the strength that we need to be able to do that. And so I, I just like had this feeling like in my heart, like, like I, like I have this passion, like I want, I want to do this, you know, how Lord, give me the strength. And, um, you know, and, and so kind of going off of that, I was able to then, you know, be a part of the team, um, that spring and, and ended up, um, actually not making the, uh, not making the fall roster. So I ended up going to every practice and kind of just watched from the sidelines and made great friends with, with the guys on the team. And, you know, it was awesome being able to watch practice you know, the, the last week at camp um, and coach Carroll after practice comes up to me and he's like, man, you've been at every, every practice. And I was like, yeah, coach, like I, I love this place. I love this team. And these are my, my guys now, you know, and he's like, well, we're, we're getting low on the, uh, on the, the depth chart, you know, from fall injuries, you know, uh, we'd love to have you be a part of our, our defensive backs group. And coach Seto, Rocky Seto, um, is, was such an incredible spiritual mentor for me. He was our defensive backs coach there and um, was another just, I think about, you know, back to your question, um, really starting to see the people that God has put in my life to be able to build such a spiritual foundation and the people that I can lean on um, for help in that sense. And, you know, think so much about, you know, what blessings there are out there for people that have been put in our lives that inspire us or the same goes with other people, you know, how we can impact others around us. And so I'd say that my faith has grown so much in the sense of really being able to appreciate those in my life um, that have impacted me spiritually, um, as well as knowing that we are capable of, of doing whatever we put our mind to and we have the strength from God to be able to do that. So as uh kind of like where <laughs> the story you know comes from with that and my faith aspect of that. That's awesome as you're tell as you're talking about that and especially when you're talking about the story of the part about not seeing your name on the list and just doing nothing but crying and calling your dad and you and your dad telling you first thing you need to do is pray. It reminds me of a saying and I know I'll I'll mess it up but paraphrasing is it's when we hit rock bottom that we realize that God is the basically all we need. He is the rock, mm-hmm. you know? And so when you're talking about that, mm-hmm. it's like you hit rock bottom in your sports dreams and career and your dad pointed you to the only, the true rock who could get you through that and boom, you know? So it just reminded me of that. That's, right. that's good. Uh, it's, it's so true. You know, exactly. When we do hit that point, you know, he's always going to be there for us. That's right. Sometimes, you know, the brightest lights come from the darkest times, you know. So That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of us, you know, we try to do it on our own strength and our, and our own plans. And so sometimes we have to hit that rock bottom or what feels like rock bottom to kind of get us on his path and not ours. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when I was uh, preparing for this and, you know, reading a little bit more about your bio, I have to tell you, you're probably the first person that I know that played college football and swam collegiately, <laughs> you know? So talk about 
you know, I mean, that, that is, that's a, that's a big deal. You know, you know, we laugh about it, but talk about, you know, you, you talked about being a part of the football team, but how'd you, how'd you do that and be a part of the, the swim team? You know, I, it's been an, an incredible, uh, I've been surrounded by people that have su- supported me and pushed me to be the best that I can be. Uh, great coaches from the swim team um, when I was in, in Reno and, and um, kind of always the encouragement of, you know, you can do it. Like just keep pushing, keep working. And uh, swimming had always been a love of mine. Uh, you know, one of my older brothers uh, was uh, part of the Olympic team in 1984 Olympics in swimming. And, um, you know, it's always been in our family and, and you know, we joke around, you know, as a family, um, about just like the swimming thing it is always like the competitive like brother you know deal like are you gonna beat no like let's let's go to competition stuff and so um you know in, in high school um swimming was a big thing to me I was very fortunate to be a part of a, a high school where um you know we we were all our relay four-year All-Americans and I was very fortunate in high school to be an All-American in swimming and you know that was such a a great way for me to be able to um, pursue USC and was uh, as a preferred walk-on at USC and but you talk about being uh, being a a small fish in a a big pond getting (laughs) getting to USC I mean my freshman class there were some there were some serious swimmers guys that were you know competing to be on the Olympic team and so you you're in a at a high school you know where you you're able to you know really kind of make your presence known in that sense and then you're surrounded by you know phenomenal swimmers and it's very humbling but then it also pushes you to be the best that you can be mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're around people whose intent and competitiveness and want to is to be the best that they can be you know, and so it really pushed me. And on top of that, you know, when you start building friendships and relationships, it's a it's a bigger picture in, in that sense. Um, you know, of really growing, creating, you know, such great ownership in in trying to perfect your craft, so to speak. And so um, had it had an awesome um, swim coach uh, at USC that really pushed us hard. That um, you know really brought out the best in us and. Um, you know, it, it, swimming w- was my love and was my heart and kind of like getting into football then after my sophomore year um, of swimming, I, you know, because the it, swimming in college is really year round um, and football really is too, you know, you get to the collegiate level. I mean, it's, it, it's every day. And so um, I wasn't able to do both at the same time. So it was, it was like, okay, so from here now, you know, if really want to try out for the football team like this, is the time to do it. And so, I, you know, after the sophomore sophomore year, I was given a blessing from our, our head swim coach and, um, you know, trained for a month, tried to gain as much weight as I could, you know, as a swimmer, you're more lean than you are bulky, right? And so right. it was trying to, trying to go through that process. And, um you know, it was, uh, it was very humbling too, because then you're, you know, you're competing with guys on the football team, of course, that are the top caliber athletes in the country, right. which was another, you know, very humbling aspect of that. But 
honestly, you know, Seward, it's been the people around me that have just pushed me and encouraged me. Um, I remember, you know, telling my roommates, um, it was Rhett Ellison and Aaron Corp who both played football at USC. And, um, you know, I told my buddy Rhett and I'm like, I want to try out for the team. And so he played rugby in high school. And so he grabbed a, grabbed a ball and we would just run around the practice field and, and he would just toss me the ball and we'd run routes and throw it to me and do everything we could, you know, to prepare for that. And so honestly, you know, the love and support around me has really been the, the prime factor of being able to, um, to achieve that. And I'm grateful, you know, to God for the opportunity to do it. It, it was a pretty awesome experience, which, um, you know, led me into to coaching. So, I mean, just give us a quick snapshot of your your coaching journey. I mean, when did you feel called into coaching? And then just kind of give us a very, very brief um, snapshot of of, of your coaching journey so far. Absolutely. Yeah. So after uh, graduating undergrad at USC, uh, you know, Pete Carroll was a coach initially. And then um, Coach Lane Kiffin was there, transitioned uh, to be a coach there. And um, being around um, Coach Carroll's energy, the impact mm. that he had on me as a walk-on, uh, but as a team, just, you know, uh, everything was positive, encouraging. There's always a positive aspect of something, constructive criticism. You know, you do something wrong. Well, you know, how can we fix it? This is, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you need to do to fix. This is why we're doing it this way. And then, you know, give you a high five when you, when you do it do it correctly and so that really that really resonated with me and I thought man if he's inspiring me in this sense and I'm I'm a walk-on on on the team I I think about the impact that that I hope to have on those around me to be a coach in the platform of that and um I think about that and and you know at that time I, I started my MBA at USC and uh was volunteering for the football team from the transition of Pete Carroll to Lane Kiffin to Steve Sarkeesian to Ed Orgeron and then to Clay Helton all throughout the time that I was there. So it was such an awesome opportunity to see different aspects of the coaching realm and um, learn so much schematically, learn so much, you know, um, as a coach, you know, a mentor and, um, you know, it it was a pretty, pretty awesome experience. Um, And, so after, after graduating, um, the MBA, uh, I went to Pasadena city college receivers coach there and awesome opportunity really learned a lot and was talking with, uh, our head coach, Tom Moore at Pasadena city college. And I was like, I, you know, I, I really want to pursue a, a graduate assistant position. I, I'd love to, you know, pursue coaching. And, and so he's like, what you got to do is you got to put your face in front of, of coaches. And so what I ended up doing is, um, family has this 1987 Volkswagen, uh, got close to 400,000 miles on it. I packed up all my stuff into an apartment uh, out of my apartment and, you know, a couple bags in the, in the bus and, uh, traveled the country for five months and wow. uh, ended up going to 74 universities and stopped at different schools and met with staffs. And, um, you know, really the biggest thing that I, I wanted to learn about were the leadership strategies of, of different universities and, um, you know, d- doing my MBA, the, the biggest thing that I f- wanted to focus on was, you know, management, organizational skills and leadership. And, you know, as a, as a head coach, which I aspire to be one day, you know, it's 
how do you maximize someone's full potential, whether they're a coach or whether they're a player, you know, or whoever it is around you. And, and so I learned so much about that. And that took me to Iowa state, good buddy of mine, Joe Houston, that I played football with at USC. He was at Iowa state. I met coach Campbell, Matt Campbell and his staff there. And, and immediately it was like, this is home. I love this place. And coach Campbell and Joe Houston, my good buddy, what they stand for, um, the character that they have, the, um, the intent to be the best that they can be to inspire those around them, um, had such an impact on me and immediately, you know, what was where I wanted to be. Um, so I volunteered there for my first year helping with special teams with, with coach Houston. And then coach Campbell gave me the opportunity to be a GA with the quarterbacks and was there for two years with Brock Purdy and Kyle Kenter there good buddy of mine that I, I met there he was at Northwestern here and was offered the opportunity to come up here and, and, and brought me with them. And <laughs> long story, right? There, that's kind of, kind of like the path that is, has brought me to, to where I am and, and the coaching kind of aspiration. So. That's a crazy story. Um, I've heard a lot of story coaching journeys, but yeah, I think you're the first one that's talked about traveling and visiting 74 universities. That's awesome. I love that. There's so much in that. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, right? Just to kind of unpack that. That's, that's awesome. You know, so talk about, you know, you just, you've been there, you know, not even six to eight months. So, you know, just talk about like the, the culture of the program there. You hear a lot about the word culture. Talk about the culture there that y'all are building. Absolutely. You know, uh, first and foremost, the thing that really uh, had it, initial impact on me was the the spiritual aspect of, of this university, uh, the head coach, uh, you know, from president of the university to our athletic director, to head coach, to our whole staff, to our players, everyone, we all love Jesus. And, and that it's so awesome in so many different ways, especially in terms of the value system, uh, in terms of sharing love, encouraging, um, you know, we're gifted with, these blessings of our ability of uh, our personalities and, and we're able to work as one together with one common cause to, to push one another, to encourage and love one another um, and to all avenues of life coming together to share one common bond. I mean, the culture is incredible. I'll share a quick story here with you. Um, you know, so we're uh, first day of camp coming in kind of first day of being in the office for me, walk into the, the staff room, we sit down as a staff and the defensive coordinator uh, sits us down and is like, here, let's say a prayer. Let's start off the day. And he starts off and he said, Lord, we just ask that you strengthen our young coaches, uh, that you guide them, bless them, that you fill their hearts with joy and that you lead those around them, inspire them to be, to live like Jesus. And so I was like, this, I love this, you know, and to be around that every day, you know, you know, it's fulfilling because, of course, you know, we get busy. The grind of everyday coaching and especially during season and all of that and to, you know, do our best to keep, you know, God as our number one priority throughout all of it is, uh, it's been very comforting and, and, and strengthening for sure. So, so b- before we started recording, you were talking about, you know, we're recording this in the February. Y'all are getting ready to start some spring ball because you didn't get to play in the fall. So talk about going through the fall, quote unquote, downtime, 
you know, because of COVID, it wasn't a normal routine. So how did you use that time to grow in your faith? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we, uh, we have a couple coaches on staff that run Bible studies, which is awesome. Um, doing that through zoom, uh, and, and as, you know, our social distance groups, um, you know, being able to be in a room where we're separated and, and having our mass and, um, but it's awesome still being able to have that routine of being together and sharing the good word. And, uh, honestly, I started, uh, started getting in, um, uh, to a book of purpose driven life. And I started that this spring and I've kind of been using that, uh, been, uh, throughout this time, looking back here and there to different days. And, and it's really, uh, for me personally is really put back in the perspective, you know, that we need to fully give ourselves, you know, and, um, and trust in, in him that he's going to take good care of us, you know, if, if we give it all to him. And so, you know, in all of that, there's so much talk about love and there, and that the most important thing we can do is love one another. And so there's, you know, the mental health issue is tough during this time. You know, a lot of the guys, uh, you know, are watching Zoom from home, you know, and, and uh, aren't able to socialize and be around other people. And it affects a lot of people not being in that social environment, you know. And so being able to have that opportunity to reach out to our players and just check up on them and, um, you know, the FaceTime and the Zoom stuff is awesome because it's such a great way to communicate with those guys. And, and um, you know, so growing spiritually is it's, it's, it's been awesome during this time because it's been such an opportunity to refocus on that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and during it, it's like, what can we control? We can control our attitude and our effort and, and you know, where we're directing that. So. That's good. Is there a scripture maybe that um, really encouraged you during that time that you'd share? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll read, I'll read you two here if that's all right. Okay. So there's one from, there's one from Psalm uh, 143, verse 8. It says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, mm. for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. And so, like, think about just the, all of the things that we can't control, but we know that at the end of the day that we can trust in the one that controls it all. You know, and, and so going to the next verse, John chapter 15, verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So what mm. can we control? We can control the love that we have and that we show for one another. And we do that with humility, you know, and um, it, it's, uh, you know, think of it, then being humble, you know, value others more than yourselves. None of you should look out just for your own good. You should look out for the good of others, you know. Philippians chapter two, verse three through four. So a lot of it has just been giving, giving us completely to him. And with that, what can we can, can control? Well, it's how we process everything and how we're able to impact those around us. Well, we can do that by showing love and doing it without anything in return. We do it because of the love that Jesus has for us. So that's like, good. I like that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good stuff. There scripture, man. It's, it's yeah. Inspiring. Because <laughs> a lot of times we we spend a lot of time trying to control things we can't control. Um, so it kind of leads me to the next question. Um, 
you talked a lot about in a couple of those answers to previous questions about loving one another, humility. And so as coaches, you have a platform. Um, it can be used for good or bad, um, but it's, it's clearly a powerful platform. So what would you say to that coach that's listening or maybe a student athlete that's listening that knows they have the platform but is still trying to put it together to how to use it to be bold in their faith? How would you encourage them in that? Or what advice would you offer? Absolutely. You know, I'd say first, first and foremost, you know, you know, sometimes we might not know the impact that we have on others. You know, we might not be – might not hear the words from others or, you know, the recognition of, of how we're inspiring those or impacting those. And and I think that, that, you know, each of us, like you said, each of us has and, and does impact those around us. So what we can do with that is to just be positive, to be encouraging, to be in an environment where you are not, and, and, you know, this is, for me and personally how how I am I've always responded with encouragement positivity being around people that try to like bring bring me up and we're we're all different in that sense but if if we can at the end of the day be able to bring people up around us be consistent in our effort to help others and do it because we know that we are impacting them and that like you said like football is a platform for us to be able to do that that, you know, 20 years down the road, you know, when one of the former players comes back, the best thing that I would ever want to hear is, Coach, like, you inspire me to be a better man, a better husband, mm. a better dad. You know, and that that's the football thing. The X's and O's are awesome. I, I love the schematic aspect of it, but it, it's the, the relationships. You know, if we can show our love, if we can teach discipline, teach accountability, and do it. It might be tough love, you know, but it's at the end of the day, like, Hey, like I'm proud of what you're doing. I know you're trying, we're in this together, you know, and, and it being able to impact those around us by just words of affirmation, at least for me, that's, what's been something that has always been encouraging to me. I like what you said that the X's and O's is good, but it's bigger than that. You know, it's bigger than a game, you know, because at the end of the day, that's right. You want those young men to, to be good husbands, good dads, good colleagues, good sons, um, followers of Jesus. That's good stuff. So the last question, I like to close it out with um, two words in our name. The first two words all in. I mean, no secret um, what that means. It's, it's all over sports, but it's also all over the New Testament. If you study um, the life of Jesus, um, especially when he's calling his disciples, and when, when people question him about what it means to be a follower of his, he's very clear that it's, it's, uh, it's 110%. It's deny yourself, take up your cross. There's no one foot in, one foot out. So I like to ask this from a practical sense, though, because I think we understand that piece. But what does that look like for you and your personal life, your personal walk to be all in for Jesus, like on a daily basis? Just kind of give us just kind of a practical snapshot of that. I would say uh, a big thing is trying to be the best that we can be each day, uh, almost trying to lead by example in the sense of treating others with love and respect, 
when I mm-hmm. when I think of Jesus when he was here, all right, I, I think of him being able to try his best to relate to everyone, to be able to find ways to show his love towards everyone. So if we can if we can find find ways to be like you said, be be all in in our efforts to love one another. And I think through our actions, when people see us, you know, like when I try and show love and encouragement towards others, I'm trying to have people see that God is within me, that Jesus is within me, that it is his light that is shining, that I want to be like him by showing love and encouragement and being there for others when they're, when they're down, you know, like most importantly, when we're, you know, we're in a tough spot, you know, there's nothing better than having someone pick you up, you know, and that's, uh, there's, there's nothing better. There's not a better feeling about that, you know? And and so that's what I would say, being, being all in every day, being consistent with, with our approach and and how we can impact others through love and, and positivity. You said a key word there, consistent. Um, and I think that is, I think that's critical because it's easy to be all in, whether it's spiritually, physically, um, whatever, for a short amount of time or for, for a certain, certain event or certain circumstance, a certain aspect of life, but it's consistency. And I think that's what Jesus was clear about. You know, he said, I don't want anybody lukewarm, either hot or cold, which to me, that's consistent. You're consistently hot. You're consistently all in. And I think, I think that's a, that, that's a key word. And then I'm glad you use that word because I think that is, that's so important and a word that um, I'm guilty that I, we gloss over it, right? We hear consistent. Oh yeah, I know what consistent means, but I think if we really take a step back and I evaluate my own personal life, um, consistent's a scary word, you know, but I think it's just a, it's a word that rolls off the tongue that we don't even think. Right. And it's not easy. Right. Yeah. That's true too. Yeah. We, we want the easy path. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's tough. Being consistent's tough. Yeah, it is. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Well, I appreciate, um, I know there was, you know, we had some challenges pulling this off with uh, schedules. So thanks for your flexibility and, and being um, very accommodating and, and, and willing, willing to do this. My, my pleasure, Stuart. I'm grateful and honored for this opportunity. It means a lot to me. Thank you. Thank you again to Boomer for taking time to jump on here and share his story, his sports journey, his faith journey. I know I've been encouraged by recording this and also getting to know him through communicating before and after this and just understanding that this was one of the first times he's publicly shared his testimony. So that alone was an encouragement to me and I know encourages you. Just a reminder that you have a story, I have a story, and we need to tell our stories. We need to tell people who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in our lives. So thank you again, Boomer, and thank you for listening. And I'd ask you to share this episode with a family member or a friend, somebody in your life that may need some encouragement. 
Also, I'd ask you if you're not a subscriber to the podcast, that whatever platform you're using right now to listen, that you'd click the subscribe button. There's many, many more episodes before this one that I know will encourage you, and there's many to come. I'm, I'm excited about the future and some of the future guests we have coming up. So thank you for that. We love to hear from you. You can go to our website at www.allinsportsoutreach.org or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the search bar. Just type in All In Sports Outreach. Find out who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to pray, to serve, and to give. Thank you again for your support, your encouragement, and most of all, your prayers.